Good evening and welcome to SIP number two here on the Sports Insanity Network. I am Mark Oldoff's Guy Halpern here with the president in charge, Lawrence Patchman Lang, for game 10. And bottom five. Number five, the bottom part. The where the greatest talent sinks to the bottom to come report to you on two amazing topics. Nay, three amazing topics tonight as we are without our vocal leader mike rifkin who is under the weather mike we miss you have a good nap or two get some chicken soup you'll be fine lawrence how are we doing tonight good you know i was just thinking i think this is the first time you and me are just doing a show together i think in the longest time we have in a long it it it, it, it's been the longest time i think since just (laughs) you and me have gone at it talking if not this might be the first time if you guys need to correct us Make sure you direct us. Hang on one second. I'll be right back. And I am back. Sorry about that. Um, Patch, Mama Patch just delivered dinner. So, Oh, man. Tell Mama Patch I'm hungry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't you dare. Well, I won't. Don't worry. She's, probably, she's sitting down. She needs to relax a little bit so she can enjoy a nice hot meal for once. So she can enjoy that. Sit. That's good. So Mama we Patch got the, pat- on the run. We got the Patchman and the old ops guy here back together as a team who once ran together in the minor leagues, baseball fashion, but we're here to talk some sports with you tonight. And considering it is just a twosome out here on the golf course, we're going to take it nice and easy. And we're going to start with a recap of yesterday's unfortunate game for the Miami Dolphins, Thursday night football in which the Cincinnati Bengals beat up on the poor Miami Dolphins. Uh, This was a game that Cincinnati really needed to win. And they did so in stunning fashion of 27 to 15, but at the loss of a very, very good quarterback, (laughs) poor Tua. Yeah. I ain't saying the last time I'm going to butcher it. Poor Tua goes down with his second possible concussion back to back weeks. The threat is out against Miami trainers that they didn't give him a proper look over in the Miami game when he got hit in the head. And last night was just even worse getting slammed into the ground. So it gives him two stoppages uh, about halfway through the game. And the problem is, is Miami was one of the teams that you were looking forward to, to being a rare underdog Cinderella team to get you to the playoffs with Tua. And one thing about Tua is he's definitely one of the most accurate QBs. He really isn't a decent down ball, long ball uh, quarterback. Now, like so Teddy Bridgewater, it's going to be a little bit more of a reversal for uh, Hill and um, – Waddle as they're going to be someone to be able to reach them on 65 yard passes, deep runs, deep routes. Um, Patchman, Tua going down has got to be probably the most significant injury up to date right now. Yeah, it has to be because, you know, we thought, you know, after last week's game against the Bills, where, you know, Miami did win the game but we did see Tua go down and go to the back in concussion protocol. And every seemed well, he came back. Okay. He just got, he got a little woozy. He was fine. He came back. 
Then again, I wonder why Miami just didn't sit him the rest of the game to be precautious. Right. Because once again, you take one bad tackle, your head goes back off the turf, you're being carted off. And unfortunately, we saw that last night because initially I thought, okay, he got scrunched and I see his fingers in. I'm like, okay, a finger's broken somewhere. He'll be, okay, broken finger, that's fine. Cut to commercial, come back, and then they're still out there with them. And then it's like, oh, this is more serious. Mm-hmm. And then like my eyes lit up and like, I was wrong about this. I thought it was a finger injury. And then, you know, you see the replay. It didn't look that, he didn't get hit. It looked like he didn't get, you know, yes, he got thrown into the ground, but like his head didn't go off the turf like it did last week. Right. Like it you saw the, him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you just, the way he got hit and the way he went down, the impact somewhere, it just, you saw him just go out like a light and then you just see the pose of this is more serious. And it's, a shame because you know they should have just given two of the week off because you had a short turnaround from Sunday to Thursday. And yes, he cleared concussion protocol, but then again, you know, you got to be smart here with your future. You don't want to ruin the future of the Dolphins. And it looks like Miami shot themselves in the foot, for lack of a better term. And now, you know, and the NFL is going to have to investigate what Miami did wrong here because NFL, the NFL said they're now going to have to investigate the Miami Dolphins in the situation with Tua. And that is going to be a very key factor because it's their own team's doctors that are doing the work. So obviously, you know, they check over and all that by neurology and everything. And let's face it, we've seen whether it was Dak Prescott last year, we saw a couple of quarterbacks who got hit, took hits to the head, were very woozy getting up and they go to that, little tent and get their coverage fixed, you know, get their coverage time in the tent done. Then they send them back out only to get injured even worse the following week. It doesn't make sense. I mean, Tua had some good numbers last night in the beginning of the first half. He was eight of 14 for 110 in an interception, but the interception really wasn't a bad pass. It just kind of sailed a little bit, but you're not going to be able to throw Teddy Bridgewater in there, even though he did very well, 1423, 193 for one and one. Look what Joe Burrow put up 20 of 31, 287, two touchdowns. That is perfect when it comes into play. Yeah, it, it's what they needed. Mixon had a good night. Cincinnati, after taking the loss to Dallas a few weeks ago, came back strong and showed why they were Super Bowl caliber, but did they do it against a much weaker team than they were expecting? I wouldn't say so. You know, the Miami Dolphins had come out, you know, swinging, but once again, the Bengals are the better team on paper and you no, know, they should be expected to beat the Miami Dolphins. Yes. You have Tua and company and Tariq Hill. And I, I can't think of the, um, the other big name on the waddle. Yeah, Jade, yeah, yeah, waddle, waddle, waddle. You know, yes, that helps the Dolphins, but Bengals are the better team on paper with Burrow and company. Because, side note, white, white unis, beautiful. Use them more. Those white <laughs> unis. Oh, oh. oh I'm, I'm going to buy a Chase one when they, come, when they come down because I just want it as a collector's item. I just, I know it. 
if I make my yearly trip to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I hope the mini white helmet's on for sale because I will buy the little thing, the Bengals mini white helmet. Those white unis, oh, Snow Tiger unis, oh, huh. they look great. They really do. They, they they look fantastic. But you know, back to the game, Bengals should beat the Dolphins. It shouldn't be. Yes, yes, this game was gonna be close, and the Dolphins could have etched out another win and started the season four and zero. Well, it should have been fantastic for Miami to keep a one-game lead on the Bills. But then again, them being the Bills last week was a little bit of a shocker, too. Right. It, the Bill, it was the Bills' own demise last week. But for the Bengals, the Bengals played a great game against Miami Dolphins for the circumstances. Do Will we know if they would have beaten them if Tua was still in there, if Tua didn't get carded off? No, we don't. Because Tua got carded off and Tua out for the rest of the game. But, you know, props to the Dolphins, you know, <laughs> came right back in and yeah. tried to get themselves right back in the game, and they just came up a little bit short. Yeah. I mean, right now, there is no timetable on Tua's return um, right now. And I, as a, as a way to keep face in the NFL, they need to step in there and be part of his watchful eyes, so to speak. Or send someone part of the NFLPA to monitor his recovery and quote unquote, because when they say now he's currently out indefinitely, I'm waiting for the PUP tech. And when that happens, he has to be down at least four to six weeks, depending on the severity. Yes. And, you know, first and foremost, thank God there was movement in all extremities. It's the first, right. most foremost, because yeah, that's the first thing you wait for when, you know, someone is carted off the field like that, you know, where it's a neck back or head injury, you just wait for the report to say there was movement in all extremities because that's what we, I said that in our group chat last night for the network, you know, well, you know, we, we may not like certain teams and we might not like certain players, but we never wish that type of injury on anybody Correct. you know you know we might joke like oh you know i hope brady gets tackled and he gets you know gets taken out for the season we, we say that jokingly but we we never wish it like you know we jokingly say oh you know it'd be cool if you know how how can tom brady be stopped oh you know he break his he'll break his leg no we don't want that we no. we we joke we, we, we jokingly say it about players because you know that's the nature of being a fan you know we jokingly say we want this to happen but we never want it to happen and no one wants Tua to get hurt because everyone actually likes Tua. Yes. We all, we, I mean, Tua's been a star since he's walked into the league. And his accuracy, I hope everything comes back with him in one piece. If Miami ends up, you know, taking a huge slide, it makes you wonder, you know, tanking makes no sense for Miami, but go out and get a top 15 pick. You know, if you can keep it going with Bridgewater, all the better. Bye. And Teddy Bridge and Teddy Bridgewater looked great last night. You know, it looked like the old Teddy Bridgewater. He, he was he got was a out. nice crew to work with. So has a great crew to work with. You know, he you know he was avoiding the pressure last night. He was scrambling out the tackles. It looked like Teddy Bridgewater was proving that hey, I can take this team and put it on my back and hopefully get us a win here. Once again, you know, they played a better Bengals team last night. But I would love to see going forward what Teddy can do. It, it's going to be fun. 
Teddy Bridgewater, for all of you don't know, we've talked about for a couple of years as he's been up and down in the league, you know, making his surprise, you know, show up to teams and he's done well as a backup, so to speak. I think when he gets named that number one, he gets a little bit of jitters and that's what messes with him. But in a recap of pretty much last night, uh, we don't know what ha- would have happened in the second half. We all hope and wish Tua the best. Um, Cincinnati will now go, uh, it's now in at three and one. Miami's in at two and two. And, you know, two it's three, not two and three, two, three and one. Three and one. Three and one. Sorry, three and one. sorry three my and bad. One, Shelly. Three and one, Shelly. That's the, yes, I know, but that's the fun fact of records. Get that edited. I might leave it in there for you. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, even though it's not on our recap, we're going to take a look at the NL East quickly, as right now the New York Mets are facing off against the Atlanta Braves. And I'm only bringing this up very quickly for a reason, is because this these three games will decide who wins the NL East pretty much. So currently, here we are, 8-16 on September 30th of this year, 2022. The Mets are down 2-1 in the bottom of the third currently. So these are a a fun three games to watch. If you want to see what top-notch playing is going to be, it's these three games that will decide the NL East. But something happened in the East, but it wasn't in the NL it happened. It happened in the AL, and we've been talking about them all season long, and it's hard for me to even talk about this team, so I'm going to make it more about the guy himself. Aaron <laughs> Judge, all rise, or said pretty much, doesn't matter. Number 61, the real way. Yes, I said it, the real way. 61 home runs, has roughly 20 to 22 at-bats left to make it to the fame number 62 with no medical asterisk thingies that can be thrown on it. Aaron Judge, if he does hit number 62, and odds are the way he's been raking, he will. He's going to be counted as the real owner of the record, but is it more fitting that it's a Yankee? Hmm. Well, first and foremost, congratulating Aaron Judge's most fitting, tying Roger Maris's 61 home run AL single season record. Record has stood for 61 years, I believe, as well. Which is <laughs> coincident enough, but Yankee-like. It's coincidental, but all, I agree with you. Most Yankee-like thing to happen. Yeah. Because the, the Yankees like to pull Yankee magic out of their um, – you know what? We'll go. Mm-hmm. But what was your question again? My, my question basically is, it's not really a question. It's more of a statement. Aaron oh. Judge becomes the true breaker of the record. No asterisk or med- medical thingies to say he didn't. He's the cleanest one to hit 62 by not only... Well, he hasn't it's 62 a, yet, but I, but, I, but I get what you're saying. Two attempts to get close to 62, let's prefer it that way, by being, let's put it as it is, as what Major League is saying, 
clean, no steroids, no nothing, no PEDs, whatever. He's going to be the true breaker of the record. And my statement was, is that it's Yankee-like, absolutely. It is most Yankee-like, you know. We can bring Bonds into question with, you know, 73 home runs for an all, all-time season record. But, you know, that's a de- it, it, as I've said many times, it's a debate for a different day on many other topics. We can say that, you know, Judge is the sole possession of, you know, he has 63 home runs a season. That's the record now. If, because, you know, Bonds is in question due to um, performance enhancing and, you know, yada, yada. And, you know, you, you heard the story a million times, people. You Correct. heard it a million times. We're not going to reiterate it, you know. No need. But then again, Bonds is the all-time single-season home run record, you know. Baseball hasn't come out and say, you know what, we've finally proven that he's taken performance and drug. All his records are null and void now. And you throw them out the window. And then, you know, it reverts back to old records. Old right. um, past second place people become the new leader, yada yada. Um, Cabrera, oh, that was that a pick? Almost. Oh, Cabrera just hit a home run. Yankees tied 1 1. Not judge. Not judge. Not, not judge. judge. But we will get a plate appearance from judge, maybe in this inning in the bottom of the fifth. Oswald Cabrera, former Hudson Valley renegade. Yes. Getting himself a home run. Fifth home run on the season. We're talking the Yankees. Didn't might as well cover to, a little bit. I didn't know he was up to five. Didn't know he was up to yeah. five. That's great. Just hit his fifth. Just hit his fifth home run of the season. What a great young talent that the Yankees have right there. Because I got to see him play when I was doing camera work for the Renegades this past year, past two years. Yeah, I was about to say the past two years. Yeah, got to see him. Dude's going to be a star. Can play any position on the field. Maybe be a pitcher. Who who knows? But we've but, seen you it know, before. We've seen it before, trust me. But, you know, back to Judge and, you know, his quest for now, the 62 home run to be the all-time AL record holder. I can't wait for it to happen because it. we don't see that many moments in time where records are broken. Yes, yes, you know, in our lifetime, we got to see, you know, Barry Bonds break Hank Aaron's home run record. And then set the new mark at 763, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or seven, I believe so, 763. 763. Hey, look at that. Look at that memory. <laughs> Once again, you know, we, we've seen, I think, maybe in our lifetime, six or seven perfect games in baseball. I, I believe I've only seen one. What, in your lifetime? In my lifetime, yes. Well, there's been a couple. Well, there's, there's been, been a couple. couple, but I mean, I'm talking seeing live first pitch to end. That's oh, how so I, I've seen in, stats and all that. It's talking about actually witnessing from beginning to end. Oh, so, so, so you like, so then who was that? Who was that? That was David Kahn. Okay. So watching, did you watch it in person or, you know, on the TV? I was on the TV. I was not. At okay. But about to say, so, you know, okay. So David Cohen, you know, I got to watch Roy holiday and, <laughs> King Felix and even Scherzer have the, you know, Scherzer, you know, his should count too. And then, you know, we, we got the blown perfect game too. That should count. So we've all, we've all seen those highlights and all that. So, you know, we've, we've seen Jeter join the 3000 hit club. We got to see pool holes, even though it was a two minute delay, we got to see him join the 700 club. We know 
this is a record that you know i've stood the test of time for 61 years long longer than you know i've been alive you've been alive mama patch has been alive you know a whole bunch of people you know <laughs> it's a record that you know is going to be monumentous because we might not see it again in our lifetime i actually think we're going to see it much more than what we think because the art of the power slugger is starting to take its form even more now that there's DHs in both leagues. So I don't think we're in it this year, but within the next three years, especially with the pitch clock now coming into play, I think we're going to see a lot more power than we're going to see contact in most teams going around the league. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely in the new age of power hitting. We're, we're in the power hitting age. It's like we're in the, like the, the late 90s again, where, you know, power hitting was saving baseball again. Right. And, and we're seeing it done the right way, actually. You know, we're not seeing it with help. We're seeing this all, we're seeing this all natural. Correct. Chase. And, and yes, I look. We know the, the famous line, records are made to be broken. And we know there are certain records that are never going to be touched. And we're not going to go into them because we've been through them enough this season. But the statement in, of all time, it's still true. Records are made to be broken. Okay? If Aaron Judge does it, I'm very happy for him. Because The only dislike I have for Aaron Judge is the same dislike as I had for Derek Jeter. They played on the Yankees and they play against the Mets and they've beaten the Mets with the home run ball. That is the exact reason. I happen to think Aaron Judge is a pure natural talent and that I'd be happy, Aaron, if you're listening, I know you are. I'd be happy if you don't want to sign with that New York team and you want to come to this New York team. We'll have you, bud. Come on over. I think the contract expectations and even talk is not permissible. I think the numbers are going to be astronomical and like Pete Alonso's number is going to surpass possible trout. We are going to see Aaron judge and Pete Alonso. And I think they'll be the first two to break the $500 million barrier, so to speak, break Otani and trout's number. Well, Otani hasn't been offered that yet. He will, but it's two very big names, but two very different players. So, I mean, I want to see more. Everybody's a little bit different. We've talked about small ball this year has to come back into play, but we also called watching the home runs even better. So it's whether you think one or the other is right or not. <laughs> well, fun fact, Derek Jeter hit 15 home runs against the Mets in his career. And a lot of them were lead off. I mean, we were in the first inning at least. So that's why, I mean, Especially in the World Series, it, uh, uh, I can still see it and I cry. So it's yeah, yeah two hundred. So he had two hundred sixty career home runs. He had fifteen against the Mets. So, so I mean, uh, you know, obviously champagne bottles and uh, fireworks will go off when Aaron does break it. If you do break it, just go off and be humble. And I'm hoping beyond hope you do what Mark McGuire did. And I know if you're playing tonight, you can't hear me say this right now. 
go up into the stands and go to the family, please. They have now been put, not only put through this once, now being put through it again. Yeah, I don't really think they wanted to relive the whole, the whole nightmare over again. I agree. And, you know, to the lucky fan that has the chance to catch this 60-second ball, do the right thing. Give it to them. Give it to them. Don't, don't be like the um, – in the words of our good friend, Solzer, if you're listening, shout out to you. Are you kidding me? Give the ball back. You ass hat. You ass hat. Give yeah. the ball back. Are you kidding me? So if you want to put into comparison, when Roger, Roger Maris, when Mark McGuire broke Roger Maris's record initially, the gentleman who caught the ball, the St. Louis Cardinals offer, offered a signed jersey, a signed bat, all he wanted to do was meet him and get a signed bat and auto and everything. And McGuire said, no, three days later, he sold the ball for $3 million. Look, I understand people and collectibles. I've been doing it for 30 years. I know this is a collectible that does not belong in anybody else's trophy case, but the hall of fame or the actual person who did it, turn it in. The Yankees will do good by you. I, I guarantee it. I, I will say, if a fan does catch it, I th- to me, I think I discussed this when Pujols hit the 700 home run. I would do an exchange. I would say, here's the ball. The ball is more important. Give me the jersey that you wore or, you know, the bat. Well, the bat, I knew you were going to say the bat. The bat's going to be considered as valuable as the ball. So, yeah, they wouldn't do that. I want the jersey or the shoes he wore in it. I agree with you because I, I said that too. You know, just do it. it. It's a simple exchange. Just hey, how about ball for cleats or ball for jersey? Yep. Or or, or, or better yet, your your glove that you use for that game. Well, talk about talk about that would be a tough one. Even though that makes sense because players get into grooves with gloves and they don't like. I know, them. I know, because you figure if the record is broken, you know, the bat at least the bat's going to the Hall of Fame. Yes. And then it's either either judge is keeping the bat that he hit it with, or that goes to the Hall of Fame, or he gets the ball. One one thing has to go to the Hall of Fame for this record when it's broken. It's going to be one of the big pieces. It'll either be bat, jersey. I don't think it'll be the ball as of now. Who knows what happens in 40, 50 years, what happens to judges' bank accounts, whatever. Right. Screw it. Give me the T-shirt that you wore under your jersey. Yeah. Sorry, not me. The jersey, the jersey. Uh, I, I don't think I want his undershirt because I'd be too tempted to wash it. I sign the undershirt. Then I wouldn't I wash mean, it. There you go. Sign the undershirt. Frame the shirt. Hang the frame shirt. Frame it up and your, hang some Febreze around it or something. <laughs> A tree air freshener. And then you know, I'll ask you this question. What what ball would be more valuable, the 700 home run or the 62 home run? I'll pose this question to you. What, which ball good, is more valuable? Very good question and a very fair one. Consider, and you know, and yet again, you have the same points on key. Is it considered as part of the asterisk uh, PED era, or are we talking – 
forget about any wrongdoing whatsoever. So let's call it as it is. The number 70 home run ball was done under PED assumptions. Is that a better way to say it? Let's say that. I say you take away the asterisk from Bonds' name. The 70 home run ball is probably the most expensive ball in baseball history. Now, reverse the effect. If our, When Aaron Judge hits number 62 and whoever has it, as we said, do the right thing, immediately it's 10 mil off the bat. 10 million to start it off. And the question, like Pat says, is which piece goes to the Hall of Fame, whether it's going to be the jersey, the bat. I don't think it'll be the ball, the cleats, or his hat. It'll be one of those pieces, and it's going to probably have to be a much substantial piece. So it'll either be the bat or the jersey, I would say, that goes with um, the ball to the Hall of Fame. Because that's where the ball, in my opinion, deserves to be. I think that's where the ball needs to be showed off because that's where it should be. The record ball should be there. And when somebody gets 64, as long as they're not under asterisk assumptions, let it go in its place. That's how it works. I say, you know, let the ball be there till the person retires. Then they get the ball. That's, that too. That's fine with me also. That's another fair example. Once you retire, the ball goes with us. And I mean, ball goes back to you. And that's fine. I don't think anybody's going to go against that. I think that's a pretty fair offer. All right. Anything else on the calendar for tonight for you? One, one, more, one more soft thing we're just going to talk about. Uh, coming up for this weekend in the NFL, look very closely at what's going to happen to the commanders as they started off as NFC. Hey, we're okay. We're winning. No, they're going to be down at the bottom and look for Philadelphia and Dallas to be at the top, a quick flip around in the NFC East. As for the NL North, NFC North, whoever wins, wins. I mean, I don't care. Go Packers. I don't care anymore. But Pat is here. I had to give him a chance, but go Packers. Patch and I are on a shortened uh, Sports Insanity second tonight uh, that uh, Mike Rifkin is uh, feeling better. Hopefully he's getting in some rest because he better be there Sunday morning. He's not allowed a day off. Otherwise, as he is our uh, rock and he uh, brings us to uh, greatness. But if you're looking to follow us, find us on Twitter. The Twitter page is SIN Real. Find us out there. Find us on the web. Email us. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll do special shows based on what you all think of. Patch, where can they find us on the net? Well, slight correction to your Twitter. It's S-I-N. It's S-I Sanity Real for the Twitter. And then it, it, ah, it's this all why, right. This is why Mike and Dan do it. That's why Mike and Dan do it, because I forget half the time, and I was prepared this yeah, time for I, it. Put the Twitter here. Send you to a bootleg parody of the, the Sports and Sandy Network. But um, also follow us on Facebook to search Sports and Sandy Network, Sports and Sandy Podcast. Find the rest of the podcast, SIN's uh, Breakaway Bandits, SIN's Throwdown, SIN's Face Turn. Find, find all those. Go find all of them. But also go to our website. The one of one. Don't leave out the one of one. 
saving the one of one for the best of last if you gave me a moment instead of <laughs> correcting me. <laughs> Fine, go find go find the nineteenth hole for all I care. <laughs> the elusive nineteenth hole that's imaginary. <laughs> but also go to the website www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com to catch up on all our blogs, learn more about us, more about the cast and crew that's a part of this network, some videos, some history once again, and also planes, trains, and automobiles, as Mike the Pun Master Refkin would say. But for tonight, I am Mark Oldopsky Halpern, along with Lawrence Patchman Lang. We wish you a safe and good weekend. And Go Mets, go Cowboys. Go Pack, go. Hopefully the Nats don't lose over the weekend because we already lost over 100 games. I'm all right with it. I don't care. Also, tune Mets. in. Don't forget. Let's go Mets. Sunday morning, Sunday morning NFL's gridiron. Sun- Sunday, gridiron. Sunday, side- Sunday sideline report. Thursday I night. Is- now? I don't even know anymore. Sunday sideline report. Thursday shit. night. Thursday night gridiron. We're, re- we're recapping that too. Be, be sure to tune into us on Sunday morning for the Sunday sideline report hosted by hey. and me, Mark Oldops, Guy Halpern, where we talk the best of Cowboys news that comes about. Yeah, just Cooper Rush right now. Yeah, but he isn't rushing for anybody. Go read that article. Great article. Great article. Check down the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. Feed Zeke, baby. Otherwise, everybody have a fun weekend and good night. And in the words of Mike Rifkin, he's not here. Yes. Namaste. Namaste. And say goodnight to your mama. Mama loves you. Shout out to Danny Boy Reginald. Peace, love, and fried chicken. And also shout out to his brother who's getting hitched this weekend. So Very shout out to you. Congratulations. Many more for you. In the words of being happy and happily married to your significant yes. other for the rest of your yeah. life. You're next. We'll see you next week. Game 10, top of the six, recapping your NFL weekend and maybe some history that has happened. We'll see you guys soon.